Hi, everyone. Hi. And welcome to another edition of Superman's Other Pals, a podcast where I, Gary Rowland, discuss the Silver Age comic book, Superman's Pal Jimmy Olsen, with my daughter, Ella Plummer. And together we have fun. Do we have fun? Most of the time. Would you consider it fun? Most of the time. Have you had, I mean, you know, now this is issue 41. We're at issue 41. Um, do you find this enjoyable at all, or do you just think that this is just another crazy thing that your father's putting you through? I find it enjoyable most of the time. Except when they're being, like, super sexist or racist or anything like that? Yeah, that. They talk about those 50s things that we all want to go back to, but we can't because it never really existed because we're all, because a large swath of the humanity is uh, stuck up in nostalgia because they want you to be, and really... It's a trap that we're wishing for a time that never actually existed. All right. But somehow I feel as though I've gotten off track. I mean, I wouldn't mind if people just wore green checked suits all the time. With red bow ties that don't match the suit. I guess so. I suppose. So we're just going to get right to it. Shall we get to it? Yeah. We are at issue number 41, which is made in December 1959. Yep. So this is December 1959. This is on the cusp of 1960, although we won't call it the 60s. Do you know about that? About like how actually audition... Uh, like, doesn't start till 61. Exactly. Do you know why? Because time didn't start at zero. Correct. <coughs> because we all started at the year one and not the year zero, it goes from one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and then the next one starts at 11. But somehow I feel as though we've gotten off track. Issue number 41, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, December 1959, which means it comes out in, uh, let's say, October. Yeah, that sounds right. And it says, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, and we see Superman landing, and Jimmy is, he's at one of those ranges that you shoot down the ducks with the gun, and next to him is Lucy with a handful of dolls, but the thing is, is that Jimmy is not just holding one gun, he's holding six guns in six arms. And Jimmy's saying, look, Lucy, I've hit six ducks. Call me Six Gun Olsen. And Superman says, hmm, Jimmy's six hands are winning him prizes now, but he'll soon find out six hands can be a curse. So (laughs) basically it's like a Fat Albert moment. I also have a question. Go right ahead. That has nothing to do with the story or whatever is happening. Go ahead. What's happening with Lucy's hat? She's wearing... I don't... It doesn't... No. I believe that is the hat of a bolero. Of a what? A bolero. It is a Spanish-inspired hat, which has those... The little red... Little red dingly balls balls handing off of them. Yeah, it's a black hat that, like, goes just a bit past her head with lots of little red, like puff balls around it. Right, and apparently she's holding an armful of Cupid dolls because I guess she wants to start a Cupid doll business. But it does not go with her outfit. No, it doesn't. But then it says featuring the human octopus. I have, I have... Uh, Please, feel free. They do realize that octopi have eight arms and Jimmy has six arms. And, and if you're going legs. to say legs, um, two legs. Dad... octopi don't have different limbs that differentiate for walking because they swim, so he would technically probably have... But they do have a total of eight limbs. They have a total of eight limbs, and Jimmy has a total of eight limbs. So there. 
All right. It would seem that the copy that we have of this Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen has taken out all of the whole page advertisement. Yes. So I guess we'll be going through this one a little faster than we have in the past. Yep. So we're going to get right to the first story. Would you like to read the story for us? Sure. All right. And ladies and gentlemen, once again, the feature story is our first story. I guess this is going to become a thing. And I would just like to apologize somewhat in advance. Something weird seems to be happening with my voice and it's a little bit scratchy. All right. So coming up to the microphone is Ella Plum Rowland. She is making adjustments in her throat, body being her instrument. She is uh, lubricating her uh, throat with (coughs) water, regular tap water. You can stop now. And she looks at the intro as she gets ready. I'm not going to talk anymore. I'm just going to let her speak. Here she comes. You... And she's going to talk. It. Here she's talking. <laughs> Any minute. Dad. Elephant rolling. Talking. You've got to hand it to Jimmy Olsen. What might spell catastrophe to a less ingenious youth doesn't bother, bother the planet's red-haired cub reporter at all. Take the sudden growth of on Jimmy's body of four extra arms. Far from complaining that fate has handed him a fantastic body blow, Superman's young pal finds that life can be six times as interesting when he becomes the human octopus. Yep. So in this first in this first panel, his socks are bothering me. We see Superman has come through the door. Um much like a wacky neighbor in a sitcom. And he says, Great Scott, Jimmy, you've suddenly grown six arms. Gasp! What'll you do now? And as we see Jimmy, two hands are combing, a hand is combing his hair, a hand is brushing his teeth, two hands are fixing fixing his bow tie, tie. one hand is swatting at flies. I think that might be flipping pancakes, since he's next to the stove. Okay, one hand is flipping pancakes, and another hand is, uh, hitting his shoes. Pol- polishing or brushing his shoes. Right. And uh, Jimmy is saying, Having myself a ball. You don't realize it, Superman. Having six arms gives a feller many advantages. For example, getting dressed in the morning is a cinch. Jimmy's got forest green pants with mustard yellow patterned socks. Yes. I, I think like those are this. argyle. Argyle socks. I think they're supposed to be an argyle. I don't like it. Well... You know, uh, you know. I guess they don't wear those anymore. Maybe I don't. Basically, how how this is set up is Superman shows up with yet more trophies from going around the world. I guess Pluto. He says, I think. Uh, in a bit, in a bit, he says Pluto. Not. Oh, he's mounted each object with an inscription. Now, so he says, "Golly, what makes this inscriptions here says that the glowing metal comes from the planet Pluto." Now. This rock looks that Jimmy like seems cheese. to be holding, no, looks a lot like the rock that turned Jimmy invisible in our last issue. Yeah, it does, except less round. So as he's looking at that, 
as he's looking at that rock, he reaches down for a pear that he has, uh, has, and he takes a bite of it, but, of course, it's as not a pear. it is pear, it is one of the many uh, random space, space fruit. fruits that Jimmy just likes to eat. I mean, it's a very fun-colored space fruit. It's right. got, like, candy cane stripes, but instead of, like, white and red, they're pink and purple. Right. So, of course, Perry, this is all happening at the Daily Planet's offices, and Perry White is there, and he's like, hey, can the fruit harm Jimmy? And Superman says, it might, Perry. You see, it comes from a planet where every inhabitant has six arms. It has properties that make the bloody cells go mad. Here's the thing. Is there any fruit in the United States or anywhere in the world that makes, like, all the people, I don't know, have two eyes? Everyone or, already has two eyes. Right, but, like, here, every inhabitant well, has six arms. People. And the implication is that the reason why all the people have six arms is because of the fruit. I don't know. I don't think so. And, uh, so, essentially, uh, Jimmy just goes, fooey. Let's move on. Nothing's going to happen. Everything will be fine. So then uh, Jimmy goes out, and he just, like, you know, has his uh, evening thing, and then he goes... I would like to note that in the background, the space rock is glowing ominously. Well, yeah, that's because it's, you know, I, I can only imagine how many of the things Superman has given Jimmy glow in the dark. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine a good, like, 30% of them all... Solid, almost a third. Right. It then, of course, Jimmy wakes up the next morning, and he has six arms. But Superman comes in, and so Jimmy, first he goes to uh, signal Superman with a Superman watch. But at first he doesn't know which, which hand it's on. I, I can tell you which hand it's on. It's on the top hands, the original hands. It's the only hand that has a watch on it. Yeah, that too. So... Superman shows up finally, and uh, he says, Hey, I got these six arms. Everything will be great. Look at me. I'm doing these crazy push-ups. Which probably wouldn't help your arms as much if you had six of them. Well, yeah, it would then cut the amount of... Although he does take his legs fully, like, off the floor. I would imagine you'd have to at that point. Yeah. So Superman, of course, is going, you know, Hey, you know, this isn't... Uh, Human beings on our hand weren't meant to have six arms. We're only spent to have two. Six arms can be a handicap. And Jimmy's, of course, like, no, of course not. Six arms are great. Look at me. I have six arms. So and breakfast he... takes him like two minutes to make, and then he goes to the tailor and asks for his coat to be made for six arms. And then I don't even know what this next panel is. So he shows up to work. Shows up to work and is typing at because, three typewriters at once. But here's the other thing. Apparently, the tailor knows exactly how to how to alter a jacket in such a way so that it has four extra arms in it. He's a very skilled tailor. It would seem so. So he shows up but at you work. You didn't know that they had a course on this in fashion school? I guess not. So everybody's like, hey, Jim, oh, what, yeah, yeah, uh, what, huh? So they ask him how he got four extra arms, and he said he just got a scoop, and he doesn't realize, and of course Superman's like, I gotta watch Jimmy, because he's disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a major metropolitan newspaper, and Jimmy is just typing away and typing away on three different typewriters. And then a union representative comes in. 
Lee says that Jimmy's doing the work of three reporters. It's unfair competition. Either you pay P Olsen three times his salary or fire him. And, and uh, Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a major metropolitan newspaper, sits in the back and thinks, uh-oh, here it comes. And so Perry White fires Jimmy. Now, here's the thing. He's not actually doing the work of three reporters. I was going to wonder how he could keep track of all three typewriters at well, once. All he's doing at this point is typing three times as fast. He's just showing off. Well, he, all he's doing is, is showing is just typing faster. He's not reporting three times as fast. No. He's not doing... The only thing that he could possibly do is he gets to hand in his work... In triplicate. Like, a little faster than everybody else. But, you know, other people have different typing speeds. Yep. But, of course, Perry White, always looking for an opportunity to make money, uh, fires Jimmy. And says, I can't pay you three times as much. And then Perry's like, hey, why don't you call Superman? He gets re he can get rid of your arms, and then I can rehire you. And he's like, Jimmy's like, no, I got six arms, baby. I can do all kinds of things. I would like to note at this point that Jimmy is an idiot. Well, sure, we all know that. He is very, he would be headstrong. And he's very, very vain. And he yeah. thinks he's way better than he actually is. Yeah, he really does. It's so a problem. He's walking the streets of Metropolis. And this is actually a thing, one of those things where apparently in olden times, in old timey times, meaning like the mid or the early to mid 20th century, Big ol' boxing champs would just be like, whoever can beat me gets money? Yes. Nobody that would be does... interesting to see these days. Nobody does that ever, ever, ever now. Like, you know, you, you can't, like, there's never a time when, like, you know, hey, you can go and you can try, tr if you can knock, or if you can go, like, three rounds with Floyd Mayweather, uh, we'll give you a thousand dollars. Floyd Mayweather is a, uh, he's a boxing champion. Okay. He's a championship boxer. Okay. So Jimmy's like, I'll take him on. And the guy's like, beat it, wise guy. We want boxers, not freaks. And then the boxing champion is like, wait, I've heard about this guy. Let me fight him. Right. And so Jimmy, of course, comes, takes off his shirt, puts on the gloves, and knocks. <clears throat> and knocks him out cold. Knocks him out cold. But here's, here's another thing. That's an advantage. Well, That's an unfair advantage. Well, but the other thing is, okay, you know, to be a boxer, you have to have a certain degree of strength. Yes. And I don't think that Jimmy has that degree of strength. He was just doing push-ups with <laughs> yeah. his feet off the floor. But I don't, I don't, I think, anyway, so... He says he KOs Rocky. He's going to win $1,000. But they're like, no, you have to be under 150 pounds. And what you find out is that uh, because he's got these new arms, he now weighs 170 pounds. I mean, that makes more sense than him weighing the same amount. It's like, true. at least they've addressed it. Exactly. So uh, then he goes out driving. And this is a time when people didn't necessarily use turn signals. They used hand signals. And he hand signaled out with three arms and caused a collision. And then he decides to, with his six arms, he's going to uh, hitchhike, thinking that with the six arms, he can put out six thumbs and get people, but... They all think he's a freak. Right. They all think he's a freak. 
and apparently they've never seen Jimmy Olsen ever, ever, ever in the world. Yep. So then but he goes... he's got a date with Lois. Right. Not Lois. Lewis. Lucy. Lucy. He goes out, he has a date with Lucy. Yeah, he has a date with Lewis. he decides that he's going to go, and I guess he's going to meet her at the... Uh, the carnival. At the carnival. And he picks up the... He picks up six pistols at the shoot stuff and win prizes thing. Here's another thing. You still have to pay for each gun. Yep. And... He just lost his job. But also, you know how hard it is to shoot with two guns? Yeah, but without, if you like, have actually six aiming? guns, I imagine it ups your chances by at least a little of shooting something. Well, you know, they don't give you two guns and say, hey, go out. They just, they give you six, they don't give you, you get one, and you just hold it, you know, you hold, you take aim, and you fire. So, then, he goes, and he goes to a, a batting cage, and he's like, hey, I am gonna... Uh, three at once. Three at once. So, he goes, and he... He does. He hits. He hits balls like crazy, and he signs autographs because everybody's like, everybody's like, "Hey, he's great. He's got all this great stuff." And then Lucy shows up, and he's like, "She's gonna be so impressed." And she's like, "Jimmy, we can't be together anymore. I can't be seen with a six what if we were to freak. have children? How many right. arms would they have? And um, he says, Look, honey, you'll get used to my six hands in no time. Think of it. Now I can hug you with six arms. And, you know, Lucy thinks about that complication, uh, thinks about that, that possibility, and is like, I guess, grossed out because it would, it would be kind of, it would be weird. So then he's sad and turns around and suddenly he's, held up by two gangsters who decide that he's going to be able to pick six pockets at the same time because... Okay, okay. um... <laughs> I have a question. Please. I, I have several of my own. So... Pickpocketing... Right. ...is subtle and requires practice... Sure. ...and sleight of hand... Uh -huh. ...experience. Yes. What in the hell led them to believe... It also needs a certain degree of anonymity. See, this I actually thought about this, and I thought that, you know, I bet, you know, because as we all know, Jimmy Olsen's an orphan, and when he graduated school, he came to Metropolis to seek his fortune. And I'm going to guess, in the time before he went on the adventure where he went to Krypton and met Superboy, yeah. Superbaby, and babysat Superbaby, he was on the mean streets of Metropolis. And I'm guessing that to make ends meet, he became a pickpocket. And I would also like to guess that it is fairly hard to miss a six-armed person, especially when there's a wallet in each of his six hands. Well, yes, of course. So then he goes to pickpocket, and because we all know that to have a guy with six arms is... It, basically, everybody's like, why is this guy with six arms trying to pick my pocket? So... Uh, uh, they get arrested, so he gets arrested, and Superman comes in, bails him out, says what's going on, brings in the hoods, and then brings him back to some laboratory. Or he says, fix this mess. Right, and then G uh, Superman, working at super speed, figures out an antidote. And then what you totally figure out is that he never had six arms at all, 
The fruit made him hallucinate. The fruit which was is hallucinogenic. what happens when you eat strange space fruit. Right. There was that, that uh, I think it was in, was it in issue two? That the he mystery drank, liquid? He drank the mystery liquid and then wound and up. And then dreamt that he was super powered? Or, no, he could just fly. That he could just fly, yeah, but it turned out to be a horrible dream. Then you find out that, oh, yeah, it wasn't, you know, it was all a dream. And Also, I would like to point out that people can dream that they can fly without having to drink the dangerous liquid first. That's true. Have you ever had a flying dream? No, actually. Do you remember your dreams at all? Yes. Are they very vivid? They're very strange. Yeah, all dreams are strange. No, nobody, but like sometimes like dark strange. You know what no, nobody ever says? What? You know, I had this dream last night and it wasn't very interesting at all. One time I literally just dreamt that I was baking brownies and it was so realistic that I woke up in the morning and I wanted my brownies and then I went into the kitchen and I saw that there wasn't any brownies and then I was sad. So it was strange. <laughs> Most of my dreams are strange, not all of them. And nobody's them. like, oh, you know, I had this dream last night. Every time, I think everybody, like, just, nobody ever needs to say weird dream. They should just start with dream, and everybody else can just, the fact that you're telling me about this means that it's strange. That's, it's, it's odd enough that you think it'll be interesting. It probably won't be, but. <laughs> There's a dream that I had that, like, was it was strange, but it was also, like, really, really scary, but I wasn't scared at the time, and then I woke up, and I was like, wait, that was scary. Yeah. Well, you know, I've... Do you remember when I used to scream in my sleep? I remember when you screamed race a roadie in your sleep. Yeah, I've had a couple of dreams or when I, like, just, like, in this, like, middle place before waking up, I yelled and dreamed. It was weird. So, that concludes our first story. Sorry for the going off on a weird dream thing. So, next we have Shorty. Shorty is eating alone at a restaurant. It's kind of sad. You know, often, a lot of these people, when they have them at restaurants, they are eating alone. And he's wearing a bow tie, which I'm going to guess at this particular moment, like, bow ties are the universal symbol of young guy. And so he gets... uh, Yeah, okay. So Shorty is ordering a steak, and they bring him a steak. And he says, you call this a steak? It looks like an old shoe. He won't, he won't eat it. Get yep. the manager. He's like, I won't eat this. Get me the manager. And the, uh, the waiter says, it's no use, mister. He won't eat it either. That's a bad joke. Yes. And then we have coming in December, now on sale. They figure they're going to do a little um, product integration and tell you what's going on on the other thing. In Superboy, <laughs> there are three great stories. Superboy's best friend, the grandson of steel, and Crypto's space adventures. And then we have Adventure Comics. Three mighty champions, Cosmic Boy, Saturn Girl, and Lightning Lad, unite to make Superboy prisoner of the superheroes. And then there's an extra scoop. Aquaman teams up with Green Arrow. I want to see that. And here's, this is something I checked, because I knew that at some point that crossbows actually work underwater. So I wondered if... That's what you were looking up. So I wondered if bows and arrows worked underwater. Did and they? they do. I mean, I guess the same principles would still apply. Yeah. Basically, uh, bullets are terrible, but arrows and such are actually, they work pretty well underwater. Well, yeah. Haven't arrows, like, in other civilizations been used for, like, fishing? Yeah. You can do bow fishing. It ex- it's certainly a thing that exists. And, uh, but also, like, you know, 
uh, spear guns. Those are essentially crossbows. Yep. So, uh, and then in Action Comics, it says... The Revenge of Luther. If you were Superman, and the lives of both Lex Luthor and Lois Lane were in danger, and... Oh, sorry. Lois Lane and Lana Lang were in danger, and you could only save one girl, whom would you save, Lois or Lana? This is the horrible choice Superman must make in The Revenge of Luther. Also, Supergirl visits the Stone Age to become the Cave Girl of Steel. So that is what's going on at the same time that Jimmy is growing six arms. And do you know there was actually a time in uh, Spider-Man? Where he had more arms? Yeah. I believe he grew two extra arms and two extra legs. Yeah, I guess that makes sense if he was. Or maybe he did. Maybe he actually grew six arms. I forget. But it was yeah, like he sometime had extra in the appendages. Sometime in the seventies, like something happened to him and he mutated mm-hmm. and he grew. And for like a bunch of issues, maybe almost a year, he grew two extra sets of. He he basically became had enough appendages as a person to become the spider. Right. And the other thing is, I. I, I seem to remember, but I guess I, I tried to look it up and I couldn't find it, that there was actually a red kryptonite story. There's old Superman growing extra limbs. Yeah. That he grew extra arms, extra legs, and he really couldn't control them. Mm-hmm. I know that, I, but I could find that he grew extra fingers. That sounds like it would be And that brings us to our next story. Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. Would you think it great to have a robot double of yourself who could replace you in all your duties while you took it easy? Well, don't be too sure until you see how it comes out for Jimmy Olsen when Superman constructs a mechanical duplicate of his boy pal. The impetuous young news hawk starts out with the highest hopes, little knowing what mocking fate he has in store for him when he sends forth the robot reporter. And then we see uh, Jimmy Olsen. He's wearing his pajamas, and we see that he has... His oh. foot up, and it is tied in the classic ace bandage. ace bandage around his ankle. And he says, oh boy, it's great to have a robot double of yourself. I sent my mechanical Jimmy Olsen to a laboratory to get this picture scoop of the artificial lightning. Me? I'm taking it easy at home. Ha ha. And uh, then we see a boy. And, you know, I've always loved, like, they always show, like, these monitors where they're showing, like, what people look like. And I always wonder, and it's always from, like, an impossible angle. I'm like, so where, why are they able to get it, like, nicely framed in this shot? Where is the camera, and what are they showing him? Hmm. So what we find out is that uh, uh, Jimmy Olsen is uh, nailing a picture, one of his many pictures of Superman, to the wall. And he slips and falls and sprains his ankle. I have a question. Go ahead. Are we completely sure that Jimmy Olsen and Superman aren't just kind of stalking each other? Uh, no. Simultaneously? No, I am not. I can't say one way or another. I, you know, I think that they have very, they have a very complex relationship. That involves stalking one another. That has a lot of overtones. Stalking one another. There's a lot of subtext to their relationship. So, uh, Jimmy, now he's laid up with his sprained ankle and he's like "Ugh, i gotta cover these stories though but then superman shows up with a robot that looks exactly like jimmy which is weird why does he have an exact jimmy oh jimmy olsen robot and what is he doing with it 
So he says that he's going to use, uh, basically, he's like, at times in the past, you've exposed undercover criminals in your newspaper, and they've threatened your life. If it happens again, I'll use the robot as a decoy, as sort of the, in S.H.I.E.L.D., they had the LMDs, the life model decoys. Okay. Which were basically robots that looked like people. So then, uh, as he's uh, figuring it out, as he's, like, putting the finishing touches on his Jimmy Olsen robot... Uh, suddenly, hurtling blobs of sun matter are hurtling towards the Earth. <laughs> when has there ever, in all of recorded history... I would just like to note the way they said this. <laughs> the, uh... Hurtling blobs, blobs of sun matter. Of sun matter. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> Ah, they're so... Uh... And they continue to refer to them as exactly that. Right. He's, because uh, so, like, you know, Not then he like says... Not like meteorites or meteoroids or, like... He's, so he's, you know, there's these, um, these, these sun blobs are flying towards these, this, this fishing fleet. He's like, he can't get them all, so he uses his super breath to create a tidal wave that kills all of the fishermen. No. <laughs> Well, it says that it pushes it out of the way in, into a danger zone, but when has anyone ever been saved by a tidal wave? When has a boat ever been like, oh, great, look, a tidal wave, we're saved! I mean, I will say boats, like, out in the ocean are safer places to be with tidal waves. I, I guess? Well, obviously, you've never seen the movie A Perfect Storm. I have not. No. All right, so... You've never mentioned this movie to me before. Uh, I, I've not really seen it either. I just know about it. Although everybody use, likes to use the term a perfect storm. Yep. I as, feel as like no a, clue what it means. It means a convergence of things come together to make something either really, really great or really, really horrible. It is one of those things that, like, not a lot of people have seen the movie, but everybody knows what it is. For example, I don't think that many people have seen The Bucket List. But we all know what a bucket list is. But we all know what a bucket list is. It's the list you make of things you want to do before you kick the bucket. Yes. And I always keep meaning to make a bucket list, but, you know, I figure that I'm going to make one, you know, before I die. (laughs) So I can just cross that off my, you know, bucket list. So, Jimmy's like, all right, well, Superman's got to take care of these sun blobs, these sun blob bombardments. And Jimmy's like, all right, well, oh, now that he's, I, he's like, you know what? I got these, I got this robot here. Sunblob bombardment. That's right. These sunblobs. Because you know how, you know, we are constantly under siege by sunblobs. You know how what Neil. You know how Neil deGrasse Tyson in Cosmos covers that entire episode on sunblobs. Come on, you know how. We've sent satellites into space to study the sunblob phenomenon. Oh my god. Could they be any more vague? They it's just like <laughs> They couldn't have come up with some they couldn't have come up with meteors. Meteors. Or just meteorites. like Meteorites. I mean, yes, no, you know, meteors don't really do that kind of thing either, but sunblobs? But at least like there's there've been stories of of meteors hitting the earth or like meteor showers of you know coming out of the sky and hitting the earth but nobody and i mean nobody <laughs> has ever discussed the concept of sun blobs maybe they've had them before also and... that suggests that like this stuff coming off the sun is like 
liquid matter. Right. Or that like solid matter. Well, it's just like the sun is just constantly casting off, casting off stuff. And I guess it is, but like, you know, solar flares, etc. But I don't. Do we have any listeners out there who are astrophysicists or astronomers or anything and can or shed know anything about this? Stuff. Can shed any light on the concept of the sun blob, and is it really a thing or is it just something that, like, I don't know, Otto Bender was like, it's late, and I got to come up with something. So he could have come up with anything in the world, and he comes up with sun blobs. So. I'm sorry, I feel like we've gotten off. Jimmy decides, hey, you know, while he's dealing with those sun blobs, I am going to take this remote control, I'm going to dress up this robot Jimmy Olsen like me, and I am going to send him out into the field, where he first takes pictures of King Yorba and his royal staff. You know, I have noticed... Where are all these kings coming from? I have noticed that Metropolis is a very monarch-friendly city. As a rule, kings and queen, kings and other types of monarchs don't make a habit of leaving their country, their respective countries. Exactly. Um, you know, they don't. They barely leave their palaces. So uh, while Robot Jimmy Olsen is covering King Yorba, there's an assassin who uh, re- jumps out of a some kind of weird pylon it's that's not a trash to be a can. Fake doc post. And at the pylon. That's what they call them. So Jimmy Olsen gets in the way of the bullet, and robot Jimmy Olsen gets in the way of the bullet, and since he's made of steel, he deflects the bullets and... uh, And saves the king. And King Yorba's like, hey, look, uh, this guy is not hurt. How can this be? And everybody's like, hey... It's that Jimmy Olsen kid. He's wearing a bulletproof vest. He he, was probably... He must have been tipped off. It was an assassin that might strike. So he wore a bulletproof vest. Made of shiny metal. Go ahead. Did they make bulletproof vests out of shiny metal? Yeah. Okay. Like, you can make, you know, bulletproof vests. They had uh, flak vests. It's flak? I don't know. Pilots wore them. Okay. It was kind of like a, you know, it was a bulletproof material. I think, actually, flak vests were, like, pieces of metal. Okay. Um, I'm sure that my brother is going to... Uh, Email you. Is going to connect, c- contact me via... Uh, Facebook Messenger to tell me how it is that I'm right or wrong, um, like he did with the monitor and the Merrimac. Hi, Uncle Mike. So, did I tell you about the monitor and the Merrimac? Have we had that discussion yet? No. One was a Confederate ship and the other was a Union ship. Yeah, I figured that might be the difference. Alright. I forget which is which. I can look it up, but I'm not going to right now. So, so Jimmy, of course, summons the robot back and he's like, ugh, it ruined my sur- suit and wrecked my camera. It didn't really ruin his suit. It seems to have just ruined his shirt. Yeah, the suits, everything else about that outfit is fine. Seems to be okay, but he's like, I guess that shirt went with that suit and he can't replace that. Dude, it's a plain white button down. Get another dang shirt. So then Jimmy changes, instead of just changing his shirt, changes the entire suit and sends him out. And he sends him to visit Professor Stanton's lab and he sends him with a spare camera where Professor Stanton is producing an artificial lightning bolt that has a hundred billion volts. Now, is that more than regular lightning? It is an absurd amount more than regular lightning. Is that an impossible amount? I looked it up, and it would, the highest it would I saw the Earth wouldn't it? The highest that I saw in terms of like what is the uh, volt, like what is the average voltage of of lightning? 
Like the highest I saw was like 10 million. There were all kinds of answers up and down the map. And the highest was like, I think maybe there was a billion, but a hundred billion is an absurd amount. That would explode the earth or something like that. So uh, then he says, uh, I'm going to stand behind the concrete. Everybody stands behind the concrete. And Jimmy's like, okay, that's good. It won't ruin my suit. Except for that it does. Right, because what happens is the lightning goes, and as we all know, Lightning always is attracted by metal. So it goes right through Jimmy's suit. And this this time completely destroys it. Because, you know, more electricity than actual lightning is going to damage a garment of clothing. Exactly. So he says, the, he's like, so the, oh, man, oh, man, there's my clothes. And then there's this bright flash. And uh, Jimmy manages to make jimmy robot manages to make it away before uh the guy can be spot him before he can figure out that he's a robot because he's been blinded by the flash so he's like "Ugh, man now we've ruined both of my suits and the only thing i have left is my tuxedo and i need that tuxedo for my date with lucy tomorrow now um go ahead he only has two outfits i mean that explains a lot Right. But he only has two outfits. Not only does he only have... Well, he has two outfits and then formal wear, but apparently formal wear means that he has to uh, have a top hat. I mean, if you're going to go for formal wear and it's a full-on tuxedo and this is the 1950s, why not add a top hat? I don't think... That that was, like, part of... Let him have his top hat. <laughs> so he, I like the top hat. He sends him to find a, petri- a petrified ape man. Uh, so he basically sends him to an archae- archaeological site that will require him to travel underwater. And uh, so that he doesn't ruin his suit, he has Robot Jimmy Olsen put it in a bag. Plastic wa- bag. Walk the bag across, then get clothes back on, take the pictures, come back, and so he's like, all right, now. Now give me the suit. Right, and so it's the next day. Is it the next day? Yeah, I think it's ne- I the think next it's day. that night. Or maybe it's that night. Well, anyway, he says, my ankle is well now. So there's like a miraculous thing where suddenly and without warning, Jimmy Olsen's fine, and so he's going to dress up in his tuxedo, and he's going to go to the country club dance with Lucy tonight. Except his tuxedo is glowing because he put the plastic bag was formerly filled with luminous paint, and there was residue. But he says, oh well, the glow won't shine up at the brightly lighted dance hall, so I can still go, but Someone. on the way, somebody thinks, somebody, a, boy, a passing w- girl, woman, leaning out of a window, sees a glowing suit on Jimmy Olsen and figures that he's on fire and then throws a bucket of water on him and the tuxedo shrinks instantly. I have a question. Go right ahead. Since when does fire burn green? I I don't know. I mean, I've made green fire in science class. I guess also, when did water make tuxedos shrink, like, in a second? Aren't they supposed to be better material than that? You would figure. So, he has to wear one of his old old crappy suits, and he goes... No, he stole the clothes off a scarecrow. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, that's true. He stole the, the, uh, the clothes off a scarecrow, 
And he shows up, and he's like, Lucy, look, it's me, Jimmy Olsen, your date. And Jimmy and Lucy is like, ridiculous. Jimmy wouldn't come dressed like that. He gets thrown out because it's some hobo trying to crash the party. I should point out at this point, they have been dating for at least half a year. She should know how to recognize well, him. Also, just like by his face. I think at this point, it has been established that Jimmy Olsen is a public figure and the only person in Metropolis with red, with red hair. So why they just recognize him as a hobo and not, it's not like he's now like put like soot on his face. I'm imagining like, it, it looks like he's fairly coherent. It's just that he's wearing old clothes. You know, this is... Jimmy, I am constantly. If I, your own girlfriend doesn't recognize you after you change clothes after dating her for six months, maybe there's something wrong. Jimmy really does need to re-examine his relationship with Lucy. Like constantly, they have constantly. a terrible relationship. She is an awful person. She is quite shallow. She is right. Yeah, she, I mean, I wouldn't say she's awful, but she is terribly shallow. It, it, uh. All right, so then he goes back, and Jimmy, and uh, Superman's like, all right, well, I've taken care of all of these sun blobs. And, Dad. And, and Jimmy's like, and Superman shows up, and he's like, hey. Okay, so Jim, so he's like, so this must look exactly like you. So I need one of your suits. And what you find out is that basically the ro- that uh, Jimmy Olsen only has two suits and, and a tuxedo, and they're oh, all destroyed. Oh, my God. And now all of the money that he was going to make from this bonus is not going to cover the amount of money that he's going to need to buy new clothes, and the robot's a terrible idea. How, how much did suits cost in the 1950s? I mean, they must have been kind of expensive. Although, you know, this is an age where everybody wore a suit all or jacket time. all the time. Like, if you ever look at any kind of anything movie, from the 1950s. Yeah, anything from, like, anything before, I don't know, like the 1960s, like the mid-60s before, like, hippies started showing up. Everybody wore a jacket. All the time. All the time. And up to the 1950s, when you went outside, you wore a hat. Yep. To the point where... You have more than two outfits. To the point where, like, people... If you were outside and you wore a hat, like, people... If you didn't wear a hat and you were outside, like, people People would beat beat you you up. In fact, it was so bad that, like, there were people who, like, if you were just wearing a straw hat... Outside of summer. Outside of summer. You would get get your ass kicked. Yeah. Like... I remember this. I can't... I can't imagine. I mean, you know, yes, I do remember a time when people, you know, basically you had to have a particular haircut. So I learned that one of the people who you have in the roller derby. Yeah. Uh, Bella Blitz's dad. Yeah. Bella, is it Bella Blitz? Yeah. His, her dad, uh-huh. um, I guess, had a mohawk when he was younger. That would not have gone over well. He went to Disneyland and they made him buy a hat. Yeah, they did that. They might, they don't still do that, I don't think. No, absolutely not. Obviously, you've never been, you know, there's Bat Day. They don't do Bat Day anymore. Right, but they did Bat Day for many, many years. And so, when they had Bat Day, like, people were all dressed all goth. Bat Day is, like, basically goth day at Disneyland, and so you can walk around and see people with, like, lime green mohawks. Right. And, you know, now they have Dapper Days, uh, which has all been ruined by steampunks, and... You just think everything is ruined by steampunks. Yes, I do. I believe that everything is ruined by steampunks because what happens is uh, people go because uh, steampunks, I guess, are too lazy or otherwise 
like they don't feel like they belong anywhere or are not important enough to have their own day. So there's no steampunk days at Disneyland. So what they do... Steampunk has... Disneyland has its own steampunk hat. I have that hat. I know. But like they don't feel like it's important enough to have their own day. So what they do is they find other days to sort of leap on top of. So like, you know, when you would go for like Bat Day, which is the the goth day, you would see steampunks and then you would go to Dapper Day and you would see steampunks and they just, they ruin everything. That's being mean to steampunk. Now, I generally like steampunk. I like the aesthetic. I think it's very nice. It's often very classic. I think sometimes they get carried away with the gears and the goggles, but I think as a rule... I think he's saying this partially because I have two pairs of goggles. Uh, I, I feel that as a rule, steampunks, are, like, they're, you know, they're not necessarily a bad thing, and they're good for, you know, they're cosplay and all that other stuff, but, like, steampunk's not goth. No, it's not. Steampunk's not, you know, it should be its own thing. There should be a steampunk day, and, oh, and, you know, you know what? All the races should be separated. <laughs> This is when we find out that Gary, Ella Plum's dad, is a secret eugenicist. That is not true. I don't not see color. I celebrate color. All right, so. Ladies and gentlemen, the second my dad said that, I went from, like, personally enjoyed the joke to just, like, just staring him down. Sure. Uh, luckily, though, I was looking away and didn't see it. All right, so now we have Jimmy Olsen's pen pals because we don't have any ads. I'm going to guess that there were some dumb Tootsie Roll limericks. Well, no, because those are at the very end of the thing. I think the Tootsie Roll and Mercs are gone. Thank God. <laughs> I do not like them. I, I really, yeah, ugh. Anyway, as though I feel it's as too though... too bad I was going to write a limerick in your Father's Day card. That I would have loved. <laughs> Happy belated Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Uh, so, we have Jimmy Olsen's pen pals. These are all the letters to the editor. I would like to point out this one. Dear editor, call this a rave letter, but I've got a mad crush about Jimmy Olsen. I think he's just the perfect dreamboat, and he ought to be in pictures. Um. Yes? Um. Yes? He's a moron. <laughs> he's a lovable moron. He's a shallow moron. You know, like Archie, or like... He's a shallow... Or like Jitterbug Jerry. Self-obsessed. You're not wrong. Um, what's the word? What's the word? What's the word? Insecure. Mm-hmm. Impulsive. Mm-hmm. Moron. Yes. All right. So, and then I'd like to also point out this one. If Jimmy Signal Watch emits supersonic waves, which only Superman can hear, then how could Lucy hear its signals in your August issue? I am going to guess. It says, reader, chef, and other fans who wrote on this same question forget that this episode occurred in a dream of Jimmy's. Oh, it was that one. So basically, it was the, yeah, it was the whole thing where he got married and yeah. they couldn't. And he had to like not be Superman's butt anymore. But Superman's pal, dad. Right. It's he, the title. He could no longer be Superman's pal, and then so he was like, all right, well, but you know, also like, he can hear it across time. He can hear it across space. Yeah, but they're talking about Lucy. Right. I guess so. Yes. All right, so uh, that's that, and that brings us to our last story. Our Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. Come with us to Valdania, a tiny kingdom that the 20th century has passed by, where 18th century swordsmanship still flourishes. There, see that young swordsman who flashes blade has no match 
Why, look, he has red hair, and we often seen him as a, in America as a cub reporter for the Daily Planet. He is none other than Jimmy Olsen, the boy swordsman. And we see Jimmy Olsen uh, dressed as a buckling of the swash. And somebody, a little gir a girl in the crowd said, Superman, America's greatest hero, but here in Valdania, our hero is the fearless Jimmy Olsen. All outlaws fear him. And then there's a guy who is facing Jimmy Olsen. He says, I, I have no chance against the dazzling blade of the boy swordsman. So, uh, what we find out. I'm going to say a thing. Go ahead. And this does not, once again, have any bearing to the story. I'm sorry. This is, once again, like me just being, like, not a The costumes are from all different eras. Of course. That's the way they did it then. Have you ever seen... That hat's Edwardian. Have you ever seen, like, I don't know, any of the Swashbuckler movies? That hat's Edwardian. They just... Yeah, they just throw stuff all over the place. But also, you got to remember then, you can also say that it's the 20th century, so everything is a pastiche of all different. And Valdania is its own thing, so it has its own aesthetic. Okay, fine. All right. That hat does not belong in that so, costume. So, uh... I ratted that hat. Jimmy Olsen is at a weapons museum. Just like the other hat. And the guard is like, hey, look, you, you can look at these 18th century dueling swords. And, uh, hey, these are used by the Musketeers. Uh, and Jimmy's like, oh, man. Okay. What a heroic life they led. Were the Musketeers fictional? The Three Musketeers, as written by the Alexander Dumas story, the Porthos, Aramis, and, uh, and the other one. Are fictional? Are fictional. However. They were based off of real people? There were French Musketeers. I know. Yes. But, like... The Musketeers were people, but those people uh, that were portrayed in the movie, Three, three Musketeers, were. along with D'Artagnan, were all fictional people. Okay. I would also like to note that they are letting a kid with no, like, experience or any reason that he should be allowed to touch... Right. The fragile and potentially deadly objects. They're like, hey, kid, why don't you just play with this thousand-year-old the sword? The fragile and potentially deadly objects. So they, give him, so they give him one of these swords. Unsupervised. And he slashes off a guy's pants. <laughs> but it turns out that, uh, that he had stolen uh, antique pistols in his belt. So he exposed the... Uh, How little security <laughs> is this under... If you can just grab swords out of the display well, and grab antique dueling pistols out of the display, then there is something wrong with your security. This is part of the awful, awful, awful security that is rife in Metropolis. You know, also by the banks and the jewelry stores that are just constantly being robbed. So uh, he goes out and he's like, all right, I'm just going to go buy my own sword and I'm going to mess around with it. And uh, the, the art... so. The, um, the guards, like, so Jimmy's like, uh, you know, it was only an accident that I hit this guy in his pants. And uh, the guard's like, don't be modest. That, the way that you use that sword, it seemed like you were an expert. And he's like, hey, maybe I am an expert. So he goes and That's he buys his own sport. That's not how that works. And I guess he stays up all night practicing. You don't. And so he's like, hey, I've been practicing. You don't become an expert in something, anything. Well, he. I just... So picking it up. Nearby, P Perry White, editor in chief of the uh, Daily Planet, 
is uh, trimming a photo of Superman to use in the next issue. What? And he shouts, and Jimmy shouts, Perry! And Perry thinks, Perry White thinks he's saying Perry. And then Jimmy says, Perry is a fenching term, Lois. Now watch my Olsen thrust. And oh he slices off Perry's tie. Okay, two things. Sure. Both somewhat having to do with, like, wardrobe and stuff, but at the same time being relevant. One, Jimmy was just wearing the sword on his side under what I assume was a trench coat of some sort. Yes. People let him get away with that? It would seem so that this was a time... You see, this was a time when... Well, you know, the whole thing about people carrying... Like, okay, so like cosplay. So you, you know now cosplay, like all the conventions. Yeah, yeah. There are all these like crazy strict rules. Yeah. Well, there was a time. When, when there the, were no rules? There were no rules. Mm-hmm. Like basically the, the rule was if you're wearing steel. Have it sheathed. Have it sheathed and have like a, like tied. Which is the rule of the Renaissance Fair. Right. Basically if you have, if you have steel and... If for some reason you are removing the steel from its sheath, be careful. Well, you also you you uh, the the general rule was to shout clear, and that meant that you know I am pulling out a sword. Everybody, please stand by, stand away from me. So you know you just basically no live steel. You can't have it. Don't do it. Don't be a dope. And, and I guess someone did it. Th- I guess there really aren't rules about carrying around swords. There probably are now. But it, it's only recently. And all the time you hear about weird, like, things about, like, crazy guy with a sword <laughs> doing stuff. Yeah, but this so, isn't, like... So as Jimmy... But also the belt that he's wearing the sword from is over his coat. Yes. Why would you do that? I don't, I don't know. He's, because he's, 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 you know what, he has a big buckle. He's got to swash it, baby. Stop. He's got his buckle and he's got a swash. What's he going to do? Buckle's got a swash. Stop. So Jimmy slices his tie. And who just happens to be walking by? But the Valdanian ambassador and... He looks like Dracula. He kind of does. But, you know, it's because it is a vague Eastern European country. And so he brings Jimmy to Valdania. And Clipperi, like, says, you know, hey, bring him. Do a story. It'll be great. And so he brings him to Valdania, where everybody thinks he's amazing. And the first thing they do is like, hey, we're going to show, show us what you're good at. So they throw a piece of cards, and he's like, you have to space, you have to spear the Ace of Hearts. He's like, I can't do that. What? So he does, and with his masterful Olsen thrust, he spears an Ace of Hearts. Jimmy Olsen the dork. So he's like, hey, I guess I must be good. So then, suddenly, uh, the Ace of Swords, Notorious Outlaw, is only... And he's like, so he shows up, and he's like... I'm going to kill the king. I'm going to kill the king. And, and Jimmy's like, no, you're not. And he shows up and uses his trusty Olsen thrust and runs him through, kills him. And, and then the king knights him. King knights him, and he, he becomes sort of the... The Superman of Valdania. He gives him a casket of jewels, and he becomes sort of the champion of Valdania. So then... They give him his own hat and everything. They, he realizes that um, 
there's these other guys. So he's got to go out and take these outlaw guys. So I mean, then he's not technically obligated to do it. He's just like, I'm gonna do it. Right. It's, it'll be good. Because he is all about saving. He's people. all about the saving lives and you know being proactive. So he goes out after the black blade and the slashing saber and that's it. The other guy is that the other guy? No, no. And that's it. Right. So he he's now defeated the ace of swords, the black blade, and the slashing saber. Kills them all. And it's like, all right, well, my work is done here. I'm going back to Metropolis. And so the same guy who brought him to Baldania takes him back, and then they take him to out of the country, but not to the airport. And then he's cornered by the three thugs, and he's like, wait, I killed you guys. And they're like, no, you didn't. He's we like, gave you a collapsing sword. He's like, well, what about when I stabbed the Ace of Hearts? They were all Aces of Hearts. But here's the other thing. It's still hard to do that. Yeah. So, uh, they were like, all right, well... Maybe they put, like, a magnet in one of them. And this was all a plot. That basically what they were going to do is they were going to... Get the king to give up his jewels willingly because he wasn't... It was too hard to break in. So, they um, tricked Jimmy into getting it in for getting the jewels and then stealing it from him and then... Right. Killing him. And as they attack, Jimmy, is since he, I guess he fences with his right hand, and he puts out his left hand, and he can't touch his his, his wrist watch. However... It gets hit by a sword. And, and then Superman shows up and defeats everyone. And he melts all their swords together, and then he brings everything back, and then... Jimmy uh, returns the bounty to the king. And then Superman says... And, and Superman starts to fly Jimmy back home, and Jimmy's like, I was a fool to think I was, er, a uh, super swords man. I never want to see another super sword, sword again. And then Superman's like, you can't, I can't blame you, Jimmy. By the way, a cadet friend of yours left an invitation at the office to attend his military wedding tomorrow. And as we all know, uh, they cross swords. They cross swords. And he's like, oh no, not that, not swords. Dude, so, you don't even have a sword. But here's, like, why did Superman have to fly Jimmy back? He had a plane. Couldn't he take a plane? <laughs> Couldn't the king send him on a plane? I don't know. Okay, so that ends the third story, and because of the way that this is set up, it ends the issue. All right. So that brings us to the end of issue 41, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. Okay. Uh, I would like to thank you all for listening. Thank you. Um... Uh, help us out, if you could, with the thing and the thing. Uh, yep. With the reviews and the followings and the and the, the the special request, I will ask once again, and I think I'm just going to put this at the end of every. Okay. But just tell one person about one of the stories you have heard here on Superman's Pal Jimmy Olsen, and if it sparks interest in them, point them our way. I think that's a I think that that's a yeah that's a good way to do it. Yeah. So thank you once again to the Spin Doctors for not suing us. And do you have anything? Support your local roller derby. All right. So until next time, this is Gary Rowland. This is El Plum Rowland. And we say Superman away. Away.